When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. How many days are you gonna wait before it's tired and knocked down? How many days is it gonna take to start a walk? everybody and welcome back to the 90 day fiance wrap up podcast we're here today to talk about 90 day fiance's season 10 episode 16 on the road to the finale i believe we have at least two more episodes to go but wedding season is almost upon us i'm of course your host and conductor of the hot Mother express pizza and vakili ready to talk about this episode and with me today i've got a lovely guest needs no introduction but we're gonna give her one anyway she is one half of the mess magnets she can be found often where hot dummies on islands reside. It is the one and only Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Puya. I'm so excited to come back. I feel like maybe your regular rotation of guests have stopped watching this season, but you know I'm here in the trenches with you. And so I'm back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, um, 90 Day Fiance, typically the way it works is that the season starts and there is some hype and everyone's ready, everyone's watching. Then we get further into the season. We do lose a couple of people along the way. I think also when they have the random week gap delays, this year we had Christmas and New Year's back to back on a Sunday, which pushed the season off by two weeks. I feel like definitely doesn't help that part. And uh, yeah, now next week, no episode because of the Super Bowl. So really the gaps don't help. The longevity of these seasons doesn't help. The episodes uh, go a little too long into like 18, 19 or whatever, but I can rely on my, uh, my, my people to, to pull through. And you are one of those people, Kirsten. So thank you. Yeah. I, I think that this, if this is episode 16, I think that means I've been on a quarter of the episodes this season. <laughs> That is a fun way to look at it. <laughs> well, it's also, it's, it's, uh, but it's also like 16 episodes equals four months. 
Yeah, uh, it's like it's not like I've been on back to back to back. But it's four months plus the two weeks of gap that I just mentioned. So it's really almost five months by the and time we're five done. five months, basically six months, rounded up to a year, you know. Mm-hmm. You think of most shows that get covered on on the network and they're done after three months, give or take, <laughs> at most. So the 90 day, though, they're like, you'll be with us for half a year and you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to be more like the challenge. Yeah. Which, you know, sometimes it can be a challenge to talk about some of these couples. (laughs) And we're going to make this a challenge and immediately rip the Band-Aid off with arguably one of the harder couples to speak on. And that is Rob and Sophie. Now, we have seen a bit of a divide here, obviously, for most of the season. But specifically in this last go around, since Sophie's mom has arrived, there's been some dissension in this relationship Sophie did. Uh, Sophie's mom and Rob had a bit of an argument. Sophie leaves and goes to the hotel with her mom, stays with her for a while. Last week, we saw her tell her mom that she is bisexual and then also have Rob go pick her up from uh, her mom's hotel. And we start the episode off exactly there with her getting picked up by Rob. Yeah, and this is where Rob had also been up all night posting memes about their fight. Uh, I really... I thought it was so creative how in this episode he starts saying, oh, well, you know, I just didn't think she would understand my point of view. And so I was posting these memes because I thought it would make her understand. Yeah, that is a choice um, to follow that line of logic where it's like, ah, there's just shit posts that kind of resonate with me. And they're not really supposed to be targeted at her, but they're relatable. So I posted them because I relate to them. Like, okay, well. What she's saying isn't wrong and what you're saying isn't wrong. Just apologize. But this is Rob. So you're never going to get a proper apology here. No, he doesn't do that. He's not willing to. He did at least admit in confessional that he was acting like he was a teenager. So I felt like that was some growth. (laughs) He literally said, yeah, there's no way I can say this without coming off like I'm 19. And he was, that was the first time I think Rob has been correct on this entire season of 90 Day Fiance. That is for certain. Absolutely sure, uh, 100% backing that. Um, I feel like with these two, uh, we've talked about this a lot, but it just feels like we're having the same arguments over and over again. And by that, I mean, Rob is mad. Sophie's mad. They're both mad. Sophie finally comes to let the guards down, apologizes, Rob accepts apology, and then all Sophie's looking for is a, I'm also sorry. And that doesn't happen, and Rob pushes and pushes until Sophie cries, and then it kind of, like, slows down again, and then they patch things up somehow. A hundred percent. You've said it a million times. This is a couple that, if they weren't specifically on the visa where she has to be there and get married within 90 days... Yeah, uh, they would not be together. And I and I still maintain that. I feel like they are very much the couple that would not be together at this point. Sophie would have left and gone back to the UK a little bit before coming, like, you know, trying to figure it out where she wants to go, what she wants to do. But mm-hmm. the way they're set up, it's kind of like now or never and they have no other choice. I did see someone on the 90 day thread, uh, sorry, subreddit talking about how they don't understand why these couples don't just get married in like a courthouse and then apply for their changes and then have the ceremony later. And I was like, well, that happens with a lot of couples. They're just not the ones on TV. (laughs) Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that post too. They were like, well, everyone who undergoes this process typically just gets married right away and then plans their ceremony. I'm like, well, because that's the thing. It's like the, the obstacle isn't the wedding. The obstacle is the mountains of forms you have to fill out after the fact. To change your status, um, change to change off the 90-day visa. And and that's not the fun part. So part of me is like, yeah, I think the fun part is planning the wedding. And that's a nice reward after you've already gotten married at the courthouse. But, you know, these couples, they they like to wait till the day before the 90 days are up. Maximum <laughs> well, stress. <laughs> it's a full moon in Pisces, Puya. <laughs> and we have to do what Pisces demands. <laughs> these are facts. <laughs> I yeah I just think yeah obviously a logical person is going to do a, a courthouse ceremony right away but we don't want to watch logical people on reality tv that's boring yeah 
and and again that they wouldn't be on the show if they were on the uh what's it called if they were doing it that way because exactly. once they're married the drama's over <laughs> um and that's why that's usually a good indicator of the finales coming is when we start seeing the wedding ceremonies come together and that's what we saw in the next time on for a couple of these uh quite a few of these couples actually yeah. is the wedding's near almost there you're on the home stretch puya keeping strong we'll make it it's cool it's cool <laughs> <laughs> Um, now with these two, obviously the, the meme gate gets brought up and I loved, I loved how Sophie had receipts. I was like, yeah, you actually sent this one that, you know, was talking about me. And then this one also was reflecting about me and every meme. She not only had the receipts, but she had memorized the meme. It was like, oh, she cooks for you once and then expects this. And he, again, didn't really understand all of this when he came, when he was brought to apologize after this, he says, I'm sorry for hurting your feelings over social media postings. I, well, and that's the thing. Like, were those all memes he posted last night? Because I was starting to get a sense that this is like just something he does and she normally maybe just lets it slide. But mm -hmm. she was waiting. She was waiting for like the straw to break the camel's back and she could just go off about all of the things he's done is this a thing people still do i haven't like i feel like not since my tumblr era have i been like reposting a bunch of memes in succession I feel like do we still do this i people? i i do this on instagram at least once a week i post unhinged memes to my story but i'm never really posting memes that are like relevant to conflicts in my life i'm i'm mostly just posting things i think are funny and absolutely unhinged mm -hmm. oh i've definitely done the sad post and the, the you know the pity post of like memes that are sad but also reflect how i feel but then i turned 20 so then the the landscape changed there um however what i mean is like because i've seen you post on your like stories like the memes and stuff but He's saying like he did four or five memes in one day, and this was on Facebook. I was like, I've never, I don't, I don't remember seeing people post like this meme wise on Facebook in a long time. Yeah, I feel like only the olds are using Facebook like this. And even that, it's like I feel like it's more often a they share the page yes. that the meme is on, you know, or they um, share the whole post like, oh, haha, so true, and it's like. I don't Does know how to do else that. Remember <laughs> grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. That's that relatable content, though. Do you remember grilled cheese sandwiches and, and tomato soup? I, I mean, it's a potato soup. Or tomato soup. I think is there a, a potato soup? Potato cream of potato soup is a thing. Cream of potato makes sense. It's not for me, but I can understand why other people would like. This was kind of stupid because I feel like potato would be hardy in a soup. I, I, oh, potato goes hard in like a vegetable soup or a stew. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, I've definitely had it. I don't know why I'm acting brand new. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, is this a thing? Yes, you've you've eaten it plenty. Um, no, no, no. Let my let my stupidity be uh, on display for everybody. Listen, I get I, I get things wrong also. Um, so then, ultimately, with these two, Rob says that he's trying to be better and he's trying even harder. And Sophie says, "Well, I need to be happy as well. I need to see whether you're able to change, and I need to know." that we're not going to keep having these arguments over and over and over again. I need you to understand that when I give you constructive criticism, I'm not attacking you. So you don't need to get defensive. And I want to speak on this a little bit because I've definitely done this before and, and have ha been the person in the relationship that takes constructive criticism as an attack or mm -hmm. as a shot at me um, in this very relationship that I'm in. And I didn't realize I was doing it until it was pointed out to me that I was doing it where it would be like, so you didn't do this exactly this way. And it was more of a, Hey, this is just a tip. And I would get defined. Like, well, I did it and it would be an issue. Um, and obviously we handled it way better than these two have, but I love Sophie pointing this out because especially I've gone through it. And I'm like, oh, this is a very valid thing to ask your partner. to do. I, and I think that she's right on like, almost every situation that they've been in uh but to be fair like this argument didn't really come from constructive criticism it came from her mom being like well you're not a real man and mm. you should have saved your money better so that th you wouldn't live in this situation which like 
there are construct like there is constructive criticism that could be had regarding the living situation Mm -hmm. but i mean he did not receive constructive criticism he kind of got attacked by your mom a little bit yeah and i think that's a very valid thing to bring up because outside of the argument she's making which is a good argument the fact of the matter is your mom is not pulling punches with rob and is actively just trying to destroy this relationship so she's saying whatever she can to make things stick and be problem even in the next time on which we can jump ahead real quick it looks like sophie's mom is coming back to their place and again you can't really tell much about a next time on because there's like a spliced clip but it feels like she's on the attack when he's just sitting there so a little bit tough yeah, I think that from the moment he said the thing about her, like, attacking his mom at the wedding to get the bouquet, I just think that that turned her onto full Rob the Knob mm-hmm. patrol. And she's not going to be willing to really see him in a better light. And his reaction to the fight they had doesn't help with that. But it's also, like... Everyone, I think, just needs to sit down and actually have a real conversation or nothing is going to get better. Yeah, and I and I feel like um, in the car ride back, the entire argument that he started and the reason why Sophie ends up in tears is because he keeps belaboring that I feel like we're a team and then your mom was there and you were not backing me at all. You were supporting everything she said and you just let her have her way and that's not fair to me. I felt attacked. And I feel like now Sophie's in this impossible spot where they both want her to back them and she has to pick one essentially and honestly so much of this could be fixed if it was just like you know what rob you don't talk to my mom really if my mom wants to talk about our relationship she'll talk to me and if you have any you know feedback about my mom i'll give that to my mom how about that yeah i feel like if i was in their position like if i'm rob here and sophie's mom and i are not gelling Put on the brave face and just do niceties and be the bigger person. Because the reality is she's not going to live with y'all. She's not even going to live in the same country as you. You're not going to have to deal with her all that much after this. And then, obviously, if you fully believe that you're going to be in a better place in the relationship, then just focus on you two after she's gone. But while she's here, just play nice or just, you know, not along when you're being shaded. Yeah. I also, this was just so wild to me considering literally 24 hours ago, Rob was saying he was a four out of 10 on getting married and how, oh, I'm always telling Sophie that, you know, I have up until it's time to say I do to decide if we're going to get married. It's like, oh, okay. The, the this flags is super are red. <laughs> <laughs> if the number wasn't, hmm, even. Maybe a six out of ten, I'd still be like, okay, because it could be more of a like the pre-wedding jitters. But anything less than a six is a clear sign you shouldn't be getting married. I I just to me, when you're so close to the wedding, you should be probably pretty enthusiastic about it. Mm-hmm. Like to me, a six is still quite low. Oh, but I've generous. also never been married, <laughs> so you know I have to defer to you as the expert. I don't think I was ever anything less than an eight um ever and even the eight wasn't so much a i'm not sure it was a well i can't right now so (laughs) i have to wait until the visa yeah um it was more that but again i know it's different with different people and everything like that so that's really all we got from them uh we can move on to the next couple who we got for like five seconds ashley and manuel were absolutely on this episode (laughs) Uh, despite Kirsten might not uh, being one to remember. I remember now. Episode. They were there okay. specifically for the weather forecast. Yeah, exactly. It was like, <laughs> we interrupt this broadcast for a weather update in Miami. So um, Ashley and Manuel are now one day away from the wedding. We do see that um, Manuel's opened up and is calling his mom. And Ashley's going to be on the phone with the mom for the FaceTime. And this was a very sweet scene to see. They were very like this was absolutely makes me happy moments like this at 90 are kind of what i live for yeah it was a very sweet conversation manuel's mom seems all on board just as long as ashley like takes care of her boy and she's just sad that she can't be there and it's like yeah imagine if they had done a courthouse wedding and then you know had been able to plan their actual wedding you know maybe once manuel was able to leave the states again and then they could have had it in ecuador and it seems her her friends and family can travel. 
And they, then they most seem keen to, to travel there. for a destination. Yeah. So I huh, it's just interesting. Yeah. So the the mom definitely just does the, you know, standard parental, like I ask you two to understand each other and love each other. And then there were some tears shed, but everything was good. The next scene we see is uh, she's getting a call from Armando, who's the wedding planner slash officiant. Find you someone with many titles. Hey, at least they have an officiant. It seems like that's a concern this season of 90 Days. Sometimes you just kind of leave that to the last hour of the wedding is what I'm learning watching this season. (laughs) It turns out a tropical storm is heading their way, and this could put people in a dangerous situation. And we've got Ashley hyperventilating about all of this, and she's like, tomorrow's the cutoff day. We, We cannot have the weather ruin this. It has to happen tomorrow. And to that I say, folks, do not plan your 90 day wedding with such little time in between the ending of the visa. Well, okay, but here's the thing. If it gets rained out and they can't have their full ceremony, they could still sign the paperwork and file it. They can they can bring the officiant to the house that they've rented and do it there. Like yeah. they can they'll still get married no problem. You just won't get that dream scenario of, you know, doing it beachside or I'm not Which, sure exactly what they're trying to do, but I mean, yeah. it's outdoors. in miami uh during hurricane season uh which is like so you can do all of the math to chart the planets to pick like the the best time to get married but you can't think about the weather forecast nope (laughs) like my my dad got married this past fall in a destination wedding in mexico and it was during hurricane season and we did get poured on during the photos. It wasn't a hurricane, but it was mm. certainly a lot of rain. Yeah, I feel like, again, you've nailed it. They can just do this indoors and it's no problem. And probably that's what they're going to do if it's going to be an issue. Um, funnily enough, they're not on the next time on. So I think the next time we see them is the season finale, is my theory that I'm going to okay, run with. Okay. Yeah, I I just think either the storm is going to skip where they are or they'll just like have their ceremony indoors and it'll be more intimate. Yeah, and then the I, I mean I'm not very well versed with the weather, so I don't know if storms linger or either linger it, for it multiple depends. days or right, if it if it can go away the next day cuz I could very easily see the next scene is like 2 days later and they have the ceremony outside but they've already gotten married kind of thing. Yeah. So that's really what we're going to leave you with there for them. And then we're going to j- immediately just jump into the third couple on the episode. And that is Clayton and Anna Lee and uh, Stripper Gate. Kirsten. Oh, my stripper God. Gate on our hands. I texted Sasha while I was watching this episode and I was like, Clayton is a baby back bitch. I'm <laughs> so like, what is wrong with him? Here's the thing. He's the boss. Okay. No, he's the boss of nothing. He's barely the boss of himself, but he's not. He's not the boss of himself. <laughs> closet mom is the boss. Closet of mom is the boss of. That's him. right. It goes closet mom, then the guinea pigs, then Clayton, and who is the boss of Clayton? This is for sure. But for some reason, in the last episode, he took it upon himself to be like, "I make the rules. My rules are no hombres and no strippers." And of course, uh, she got an ombre stripper. <laughs> One ombre stripper, which she didn't even get. It was a surprise that was given to her. Yeah, th- I'm sorry. I don't understand what Annalie was supposed to do, even if she was like, oh, no, Clayton didn't want me to have a stripper. Like, what? And then you're just going to, like, spit in Brandy's face who planned this whole bachelorette party for you? I think you're putting Annalie in an impossible situation where you've got Brandy, who is so wrapped up in your wedding planning and the bachelorette party, and she's already in a rocky state with your mother. Um, is she going to try and be in a rocky state with Brandy? Absolutely not. And I agree with her. I feel like I'm someone who I am a bit of a people pleaser, but also I can't handle a very awkward situation. And what am I going to do? Tell the stripper, no, you sit over there and no one talks. And we're just going to sit in silence in this what's supposed to be a party bus? Absolutely not. Um, I feel like Clayton definitely overreacted here in a big way. And again, I think he put blame on the wrong person. If you're going to blame anybody, it's Brandy. And even then, did you tell Brandy you didn't want strippers? Because I don't think you did. It seemed to me like you even laid this plan out to Annalie the morning of the bachelorette party where nothing can be changed. And also, it's not her plan. She's not planning it. 
Well, and like that's the other thing too. The morning of the party, he just says to her, "Hey, no strippers," which to me, I would honestly think was a joke. If that was said to me in that way, the like day of, like joking. the day of I'm when the everything's boss, no planned, strippers. yeah, like if like I understand, like every couple is different. Some couples, you know, have varying levels of you know being okay with their partner going to strippers mm-hmm. or whatever, and whatever works in your relationship is what's you know fine, right? Uh, if both parties agree, no strippers, great. If both parties are like, yeah, we love the strippers, great. Like it's it's about you too. It's it's not about like anything else but for one person to just be like no this is the rule this is the way it is and i'm putting my foot down no discussion like okay weirdo vibes and then for him to act like she told him about the stripper it's not like she hid it from him she literally the reason this becomes a fight is because she asks him how was your bachelor party and he's like it was good we played some games hung out in the pool that was it uh how was yours and she chose to be honest and said um well it was fun. There was, however, I have to tell you, there was a stripper. And she said that she didn't want to have an, a lie in the relationship, which I, again, applause. Yeah. Um, to his response was, you ignored the rule. And she's like, well, I did not. I didn't do this. But also, he was already there. And I tried to get him, like, go dance with someone else or whatever. And I also didn't want to make it weird. So I just let the guy dance. And I did my thing. And he kept belaboring this. And he kept pushing and being insensitive to, in my opinion, it's the day before the wedding. Annalie has no family here. Now, you know, we've talked about this, but like, you know, Asher Manuel, Manuel has no family here. We see later Gino and Jasmine. Jasmine is sad constantly about not having her family there. She has nobody but you, and you are now berating her for doing something that she didn't even want to have a stripper, but was there, but also... I don't understand. He it, to me, it felt like he wanted her on hands and knees, begging for him uh, to forgive her, and that was just not going to happen. And then, yeah. and then he gets incredulous that she walks away from the argument and is sad. Well, and this is just you know we're seeing a lot of patterns in the these relationships at this point. We've seen a lot of footage mm-hmm. of Clayton and Annalie, and we've seen before where she walks away because she's upset, and then he's like knocking on the bathroom door what are you doing what are you doing and it's just sometimes people need a moment especially since she didn't go in expecting there to be a fight she went in saying hey i'm I'm being honest with you because we're getting married tomorrow and i don't want any lies at the start of our marriage and he's like no we're gonna have a fight and it's not over until i say it's over and he has just this like Like, he's decided he's a man today, you know? Like, not that I believe in these, like, you know, specific gender roles in a relationship, but I get the sense that Clayton very much does. Just Mm -hmm. a vibe I get. He might not. I don't know him. And he's just decided that he wants to be the big he-man and tell her how things are going to be and dictate how things are going to go. And it's so uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, I feel very similarly. It just, I just felt like this was unnecessary. I feel like he put way more fuel to the flame than it needed to be. I think he definitely should have just realized, first of all, she's being honest. You can say, I think, like you said, every couple's different, every person's different. He could be like, well, I'm just, I'm sad there was a stripper. You can even ask for clarification on what happened here. But outside of, I wanted a stripper. So I, we went to a strip club and I got a stripper. Then maybe you can be upset because you're like, well, I, I told you I didn't like it. But once she clarified everything, I felt like there was no argument to stand on. But then also to be like, well, there she goes again to the bathroom and she's making a big deal out of this. Because he calls Brandy on the phone while she's in the bathroom. And he's like, yeah, so this whole stripper ordeal is making Annalie try and leave. And Brandy goes, you should go hug her and apologize. And he was not having that at all. Yeah. Uh, Brandy's like, go hug her. Tell her you love her. And it's all going to be okay. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, okay, well, like, I don't understand why you called me to ask for my advice. Then he's like, well, I like hear your advice uh, and I'm not going to take it. That's how a conversation works. Like, what is wrong with you? Why are you like Brandy has planned your whole wedding for you, has arranged everything. And you can, and you're not like he's not speaking to anyone with respect in this episode. 
No, and and I feel like I just again, it's baffling behavior to me because what gives you the right to behave this way? Oh, yeah, the other thing that really bugged me is he says when he's talking to Brandy, he's like, she's gonna go and she's gonna get her passport and leave. And it's I was like, do you have her passport? Like where where's her passport, Clayton? Well, it feels like he because the, when they have arguments, obviously everyone responds to fights differently or arguments differently. Some people need to remove themselves or get overwhelmed with emotion and leave the area. Um, and some people want to tackle it right then and there. I feel like Annalie is definitely more of the leave the area type person. And I think, you know, we've seen this, for example, with Jasmine, where every time Gino and Jasmine have had a fight, Jasmine's like, I'm leaving. I can't be here anymore. I'm done. I'm out. And I feel like Clayton has taken this, has seen this happen before, and now over-dramatizes it as if she's going to run away in the night and that why would she do this to me? And again, Clayton's very much seeing all of this from his perspective. Why would she do yeah. this to me? Not why would she want to leave? Why would she do this to me, though? <laughs> yeah, I, I just get a sense that Clayton feels very entitled to Annalie. Um, and that's been building all season long. Like the whole like sex storyline felt oh, very God. much like he feels like a, an entitlement to her. And he it seems as though he feels that he gets to draw every boundary in the relationship and that it's not you know something that's communicated between two equal partners like he sets he sets the line and if anybody disagrees it seems like he's then like oh wow now you've done something to me when if he just was able to approach something as a respectful conversation I think that he'd have better results and maybe Annalie wouldn't leave crying so much because I, I get the sense that she can have a like a conversation just fine. It's when it turns into her getting berated that she leaves. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where she later when they were making up or when they were talking, she clarifies with him and says, I just want to know if we talk about this right now, the conversation ends here or not because you're extremely repetitive and you pepper me with questions multiple times about the same thing over and over and over again which makes it feel like you've not moved on and we can't move on from it which i think is a very fair assessment for her to make because to me it feels like he's going to continue asking about this stripper about what happened about why did you do it and she doesn't want to have the same argument seventeen thousand times especially again when for her she ended up telling him she was honest <laughs> about all this yeah she at no point did she lie about it it's not like she had a secret scheme to have a stripper all season long and only just is coming clean later like he's more mad than gino was about the butt implants yeah <laughs> again like, over what <laughs> over a stripper being at the bachelorette party which obviously nothing unsavory happened because if it did I don't think Brandy's going to let that happen. A, B, Brandy would tell you, C, have trust in your soon-to-be wife. And also, that was, like, the dustiest stripper I've, like, ever. So, <laughs> it's it's pretty telling that that's what Clayton they is They didn't break by. the bank on the stripper, let me tell you. Like, come on. And I mean, I don't know, maybe that's just what a, like stripper that you pay to come to a party is like in indiana i don't know i've never been there mm -hmm. Same i also don't have that much stripper experience like i'm just someone for whom it's not really for me so i i can't really speak on that but he seemed very dusty he was no magic mike no absolutely not uh, um and i think ultimately with these two the next time on is a little confusing, but also I'm not going to trust it because the show's next time on can be very misleading. Mm -hmm. But it seems like she doesn't show up to the wedding and Clayton's in tears. And honestly, I hope I hope she went home. I hope she put on her sneakers and did a runaway bride. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Like, I, I feel like in this argument more so than any of the others, when she's having her confessionals, it really seems like she's like, if this is what my life is going to be, I don't want this to be my life. And compounded with everything Brandy told her about Clayton and his mom, mm -hmm. I it just doesn't make sense. Also, I 
okay, closet mom. I know she wasn't in this episode, but I spent all season thinking, okay, well, Clayton must have moved out into a one bedroom and then some sort of emergency resulted in his mom having to move in with him. And that's why she lives in the closet. Like, surely they didn't plan for her to live in the closet, right? Mm-hmm. But then Brandy's saying that they have always, like, Clayton and their mom have always lived together and never been apart. So I'm like, wait, so you, like, you intentionally, you you planned, you used your your brain and decided, yeah, my mom's going to live in my closet and that's fine. Yeah, I feel like Brandy really points out last week that uh, this is not going to end up being a temporary thing. He's always going to have her in mind for where they're going to be. Which, like, is, like, fine. People have different, you know, relationships with parents and and intergenerational homes are super Mm -hmm. normal. It's just, I feel like, turned into a freak show, especially on 90 Day Fiance. Um, but th- just her living in the closet is the weird part. Like, I-, I just assumed that she was there because of an unforeseeable circumstance. But now it seems that she's she's there on purpose. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very clear that um, Closet Mom was going as far as even maybe playing on the emotions and pulling at the heartstrings of Clayton that she feels like she's getting abandoned. And I don't think Clayton's going to let her feel that way. And I don't think he's going to like separate from his mom living wise, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully. I mean, and I'm assuming we'll get this. We'll definitely be m- the main highlight for them at the tell all. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about Sam and Citra. Stay with us. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so I would argue that we have now gotten to the good part of the pod. And what I mean by that isn't that the podcast wasn't good so far. I mean that the next two couples we're talking about, I'm extremely high on, especially on this episode. And we begin with Sam and Citra. Now, Sam and Citra have come a long way. Uh, You know, they went from, I don't, the diversion, I haven't even told uh, Citra about it yet. Then Citra was fine with it or heard it. Then they told her dad about it, and the dad finally seems to be a little bit more supportive. But we really get to the thick of it here because on the heels of their wedding, they have a two-part wedding. Step one is the conversion and getting married at the mosque. Second is having the more traditional American wedding at the farmhouse. Yes. And I... uh, This was so sweet. Like, obviously, you know... Sam maybe could have done some more research into Islam before converting, you know, but he half asses things. That's what he said. Like he he's always making it up as he goes along. And uh, I just thought this was so sweet. I love this. I love this so much. I agree. Uh, and I, and I have said very vocally that part of me felt like Sam was not really, you know, like kind of a half measure conversion where, they're going out for drinks and they're doing all this. But then also he seems like like it seems like he's waiting for sex. The sex is the tough part that he's the, they're not getting physical. But and, and they opened the episode with this. But I truly feel like watching him do the conversion. It's him talking about how much he wanted his mom and dad both there at the ceremony. I've done a bit of a 180 on uh, Sam. I'm actually very happy to see the level to which he committed to this. And I feel like. His heart's genuinely in the right place. So I'm more so now subscribing to he is just kind of a go with the flow, ad lib, freestyle his life as it comes along than mm-hmm. we would have thought before. And when he says that Citra has helped give him stability, I definitely see that as well. A hundred percent. And like this is a man who he knew that his future wife was coming to America and he's working split shifts at the Amazon plant, sleeping in his car to make money so that they can build a life together. Like that, like he's really putting in the work to, to try and build a life. And it might not mm-hmm. look like, you know, the 
perfect 10 out of 10 on paper that you would hope for in like a fairy tale but they like they are for each other they love each other so much it feels very clear from watching and I I just think that they're so sweet and I really felt for him when he was talking about his his parents not coming yeah I really felt for him there because ultimately his mom doesn't show up and she made it very clear that she wasn't going to in the last episode but we do see his dad pull up and it was so sweet because this is the dad who is um, not with religion, and he doesn't believe in a faith, but he does mention that, but I also know what it feels like to not have your family around you during important moments, and I didn't want to do that to Sam. Yeah, well, and I th- also think, um, like, the even the way the dad is talking about, like, God in this episode he's not saying he doesn't believe that there is a God. He's just saying, well, I think if there is a God, they're an alien. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, no one said that God's not an alien. Like, I don't know if <laughs> yeah. he created this planet, he's not from this planet. So sure. Like that's that to me, isn't like counter to having a religion. <laughs> well, and he, yeah, he mentioned, he's like, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, obviously based on the way the pyramids are set up, I was like, all right, all right, all right, dad. It's sweet that you're here. Let's just, let's just, like, yeah, he, you know, when he, sh- he showed up for his son and it yeah. seems like he always shows up for his son, which is beautiful. Yeah, no, that was awesome. So I did love that, that dad did pull up. But speaking of fathers, we also had Citra's dad talking to Sam before they go to the mosque yeah. and he had a very similar conversation that you would expect most parents to have, which is going to ask, I ask you to take care of my daughter and have a good life with her be there for her, be there for the grandkids and don't waste my daughter. But my God, Google translate, you know, how you sometimes will be like, this was great free advertising. This was bad marketing for Google. Yeah, it was. The translator was not giving us exactly what we needed. It was not matching what the subtitles on the show were giving us. Uh... No. Not at all. But it was very sweet from Sam to also be like, I definitely will do that. I want to be like you and Citrus, Mom. I want what you guys have. I thought, I thought that, that was, was sweet. so sweet. Yeah. No, that was great. I, again, Sam has done incredible this episode. I loved everything I saw. Uh, we saw from him. Um, and then, yeah, his dad said, I, I find all religions interesting to some extent. <laughs> and then and you know when, what? That's fine. Yeah. Well, and then when the imam comes in for the conversion, as he's coming in, you hear him very faintly in the background say, that's a lot to wear in this heat. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, which is also just like, there are so many Muslim people in like the hottest parts of the world. Like, I I think they figured out how to stay cool. Like, (laughs) you don't need to chime in. Like, thank you for coming again. Give us your mic pack upon entry. I think you're, <laughs> you don't need this anymore. Um, but obviously we had Sam feeling very nervous because like this conversion is happening in front of a decent amount of people at the mosque. Uh, but he does it very well. And then they uh, dad sits in between him and Citra while the ceremony is happening and dad approves. And it was a very sweet moment. They did have their approval and their wedding and they did take each other. They are married in the mosque. But now we have the farmhouse wedding to look forward to for the next one. Yes. And uh, yeah, again, it was the, their their wedding in the mosque was beautiful. It was very sweet. Um, I thought it was funny that Sam was wearing jeans, but you know, he probably doesn't have that big of a wardrobe, so it's okay. He was he was doing his best. Um, and yeah, this this farmhouse wedding seems like it's going to be a hot mess. Uh, yeah, because I guess, um, and again, unless the uh, uh, preview was giving us a false direction, it seems like Citra's dad found out that the officiant was going to be a priest, and that can't happen, so they're struggling to find someone else to officiate. Let me tell you, this is not going to be an issue. I think we're going to be fine. This is just them adding some drama before we get to the main event. If anything, I could see it being where they think it's going to be a problem. And then Citrus yeah. dad's like, no, it's, everything's fine. Yeah, actually, it's completely cool. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, we'll do that then. So we'll see where that takes us. We are now left with our final couple here. Yes. Person. And like I said, when we came in from commercial, these two couples 
gave me everything I needed this episode. It's time for Gino and Jasmine. I cannot believe the 180 I've taken on this couple <laughs> over this season. <laughs> yeah, it, again, I the reason I know this has been a long season is because I keep referencing the first two weeks of the show when I tweeted out angrily, why do we keep having returning couples? Just give me the old couples. And Jason Reed, shout out Jason Reed, was like, I think we need them this season. I think they're necessary. And I've loved everything I've seen from the two of them. They've come such a long way from where they initially were. And let me make note, both of them still have their bad traits that pull up from time to time. But you can clearly see a matured couple that are actively trying to work through things with each other at every yeah, moment. It, it's like a lot of the times we see when cu the couples are finally living together, they end up having a lot of issues about like fighting and how difficult things are once they're actually living together. And I think just by how like short into the 90 days it's been for Gino and Jasmine, like the whole season is like, yeah, mm -hmm. they had some growing pains when she first got there. And then they pretty quickly figured their shit out. I would say so, for sure. Now, the first thing we got to talk about here, of course, is wedding dress shopping. Yeah. They're going wedding dress shopping, and this is fun. This is exciting. However, I have some issues. And I saw you tweet about this. I saw Sasha tweet about this. And we need to talk about it. So they yes. get to the wedding dress store. And... Immediately, we're met by Kaylee and Erica, who own the store, I believe. And they tell them, hey, the wedding budget for the dress is about $1,000. Just so you know, that's kind of what our budget is, what we're looking for. So they're like, oh, no worry. We got you. They take Jasmine to the back. They fit her into two different dresses, and they bring her out. The first dress is $3,000. Yeah. So triple the budget. Triple the budget. And they're like, he's like, well, uh, was, uh, this is expensive. Can we see something else? So he said this is expensive. And they established that this is expensive. 3000 is too much. She comes out in a second dress. $5,000. And like, she looked beautiful in both dresses. Oh, she looked good in every dress she put on easily. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I have watched probably every single episode of Say Yes to the Dress. So I'm very familiar with these bridal boutique shenanigans um <laughs> because it's always like normally it'll be like the mom is paying for the dress and they're like okay well the budget is like four or five thousand dollars and then the daughter's like but i want this twenty thousand dollar panina tournay gown <laughs> it's like why why did they let you try on a twenty thousand dollar gown right why? like why was this even part of the try-ons in general when you go to a, a wedding like a bridal boutique they are going to find you dresses either within your range or like where they can find a way to get it closer to your range like ultimately she ends up buying one of their uh gowns off the rack um so they don't need to order it in in a size so you can typically hmm. get that for a pretty heavy discount um, but that's what they should have immediately gone to. The second they heard a budget of $1,000, they should have said, okay, we're going to go straight to the ones that she will fit that are right off the rack. Because typically speaking, there's going to be alterations needed for a wedding gown as well, which will cost hundreds of dollars simply because it's a wedding gown. It would cost way less if it was any other dress, right? Right. So it, it's just wild that they immediately were like, okay, well we're going to give you more. And I don't know if that's because Jasmine was like, Oh no, no, like he'll pay more. Or if the production was like, what about these dresses? Uh, but it just was, I feel like it's unethical to be selling wedding dresses and, be, and <laughs> like not respecting people's budgets. Well, yeah. By the time they agree on the dress, they did. It's still double the amount of what they yeah. came in for. It's still two grand that they landed on. Like, I think that that maybe shouldn't have been the store where they purchased a Jasmine because it seems like that store did not have wedding dresses in her budget. And wedding dresses for a thousand dollars or less absolutely exist. They might not be as blinged out. They might have, you know, if there's lace, it might be machine cut, or if there's you know, bling, it's it's not sewn on by hand, that kind of vibe, but it exists. I, I know several people have who have gotten wedding dresses at around the $1,000 Canadian mark. So I know there's gowns for $1,000 US. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I feel like, and, and you know, let's put the conspiracy theory hats on for a second. Yes. I feel like if the producers were were doing this, were behind this, they 100% wanted the fight to get to, well, I gave you money for a wedding dress and you used it on implants. And I feel like that's where they were hoping the drama goes. I'm so happy we didn't go there because I don't want to relive that fight all over again. I'm they very happy to see rest. a happy couple. Yeah, they and you know what? Now he paid two thousand for the dress, which means essentially Dane bought uh Jasmine's wedding dress. <laughs> but it's a donation, it's not a purchase. It's yeah, a it was a donation, donation of a dress. Exactly. Yeah, no drama here, so I'm very happy about this. Um ultimately the next scene we see, and, and really the rest of the episode, we are reminded how j- alone Jasmine feels and how tough being here has been on her she misses her family her children specifically she misses panama but also she her dream wedding would be just the her gino and the dog but gino wants his family there and she has agreed to try that but gino needs to back her and the family needs to be kinder which i think are both very fair asks yeah no the last time she saw gino's family they're like well how are you going to be a productive american Mm-hmm. okay how about sit down like enough but how kirsten how is she gonna be a productive American? you know what thanks to her their family member gino is gonna have tlc checks coming in forever the minute she has a, a permit to work they are probably gonna just have their own tv show gino and jasmine forever yeah, I mean, this is the other part uh, where the reason why I was excited to talk about this couple is because they're going to meet up with this family. And immediately my my heart was in knots because I the last week's next time on really made it seem like this was going to be drama. And I was just yep. ready to feel uncomfortable. They lied. Um, this was all the all the bad things they said they were saying in past tense of this is how we first thought when you came into the picture because we didn't know you and now that we know you you're great and we will we want to be with you but i think it also helped that the conversation opened up with jasmine uh, when they all sat down for lunch or dinner wherever they're at this restaurant she says hey i want to have a good relationship with you i want to be a part of this family i want to be loved and accepted so i want to know what it's going to take to get there and then everyone was like, well, we were skeptical. We didn't know you. And now we know you. You're smart and pretty. So They've they've all come a long way. Like, even in this episode, Jasmine's like, oh, well, you know, I have to complain about Michigan a little bit. But, like, <laughs> so tongue-in-cheek. Like, I just feel like they're in such a better place now actually being together and not having all these long-distance fights Absolutely. and vacation fights. Yeah. I think they're in a great spot now. And I'm very happy. A happy Gino and Jasmine means a happy me. And if this is the Gino and Jasmine we're going to see in season, in future seasons, I'm actually not going to have a problem with seeing them on more seasons. After Put this. them on happily ever after now. Yeah, because if we're getting this is the type of couple I want to see on happily ever after where they're happy and things are mature. They're arguing, but they're making up. But then there's also still that drama. You still get the big fights that you want. I would much mm-hmm. rather this over getting an Angela over and over again when I don't want her. So yeah, we don't want we don't want Angela. This I mean it's it, to me it seems like they would be much better than um Bilal and Shaida. Yeah, that was a tough watch because also their drama was not a lot of drama, but also Bilal was not exactly the most fun person there. Yeah. So, and Shaida just felt like a defenseless receiver, just having to deal with some stuff. So, this is way better because 100%. these two are both wrong at times and they're both very sweet at times, which is yes. kind of the perfect recipe. 100%. Yeah. So, the, yeah, everything with the family looked good, I felt like. Also, n- worth noting in between the wedding dress shopping and the, uh, they went and saw some venues. And they found a venue they liked. And then we skipped three weeks. So we're 21 days away from the wedding when they have this dinner with the family. And I dare I say, I think we're going to have a happy ending with these two. And I'm not really worried about where they go. Yeah. Did they are they going to get married in the barn? Is that like decided on? I think so. It seemed like they this was the, the location because they also got a price check. And it was like, OK, between 5K to 15, if it's 75 or under, if it's a bigger party, 
then it's going to be closer to up to 35k i think this is the place especially because we didn't see any other location and we kind of just skipped three weeks so i have to imagine this is what they're been working on for the location i feel like they have quite a healthy budget for this wedding considering gino is unemployed i mean gino to me gives guy who again he was put where was his money going tv dinners i think he has saved quite a bit of money that he's holding on to and i think part of the reason why the the wedding dress budget is this much or whatever is because he's trying to stretch that and Mm -hmm. again i maintain that i think he has a job waiting for him when he gets back i don't think he's like gonna have a tough time finding employment uh so much as to say i really think he's just gonna go back to the workplace he has right now I hope so. I I also think with the wedding dress um budget, I think that he just is like I already gave you four thousand dollars for a dress, mm-hmm. which would have stretched a lot further if she had purchased her dress at home before she came to America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and she spent it on butt implants. So he's like, no, I'll we'll give you one thousand more. And then when the dress is two thousand, he's like, okay, well you know what, it's a bargain. It's a bit of a bargain, and we'll take it. Yeah, I, I feel similarly. I think that's where we are headed here. Everything's fine. Yeah. No worries are had. Um, and in the next time on, we see them at the wedding. So that'll be fun. Yes. Uh, the only other next time on we haven't talked about is Nikki and Igor, who were not on this episode. But in the next episode, Nikki's leaving Moldova. So not much to report there either. I am so confused once again as to why they were on 90 day fiance proper but (laughs) it's fine no one will be able to say anything um the only thing i do want to say about nikki is i felt really bad for her with the singing last episode she's like i don't have my monitor i don't have my normal setup i don't sound good but i have to do it i felt bad for her there yeah they kind of put her in impossible spot what are you gonna do disappoint all these uh family members who are here to see you sing yeah. Uh, and she again she did fine it, it was pitchy but it was listen the family was happy justin slash igor was having a good time nikki i feel like ultimately was having a good time so i was happy with the way yeah. things ended it went smoothly there uh but now we'll see what they do in the post um what's gonna happen after she gets back uh but i think your your frustration with why were they on this season echoes for me as well because i feel like we could have followed any other couple hell we could have continued seeing what nick and devin were doing after they got married we didn't need to skip them kind of like almost give them the happily ever after treatment on 90 day proper but mm-hmm. i digress it's fine um and i guess because like uh, again these two didn't quite have a home because it's not before the 90 day because they're not meeting for the first time and it's not the other way because she's not living there permanently but I would say that she could li- like that would work for them. Maybe the other way would have been the best shout. But yeah, I don't know. I, but you know what? I'm not a reality TV producer. So maybe that's maybe this is the best place. And I'm just dumb. I also think maybe they are going to break up once she goes home. And that maybe the intention was for them to have this trip to Moldova and him coming to the states in this season and then that didn't happen so they were like thankfully there's a lot of fights so we can stretch it out that's possible because it did feel like a bit of a snail race with these two with the fights and then everything's fine one episode then the next episode they have like the biggest fight ever and then the cycle kept continuing that's entirely possible but I think that's everything we had for y'all today. Unless, Kirsten, is there anything else you want to touch on before we head out? No, just thank you so much for having me again. Of course, it's always a pleasure. Let the people know, though. Where can they find you? What are the projects you have going on at the moment? Uh, So, Mess Magnets every week with Sasha Joseph. We're talking celeb gossip, trending topics. Um, vibes only really and this week i'm going to be joining robin jenny on hit or quit to talk about couple to thruple which will be very fun and you can follow me everywhere at kirsten said what including twitch.tv slash kirsten said what perfect thank you so much kirsten of course y'all can find me on twitter at puya is me find me on twitch twitch.tv slash puya that's where i am when i'm not podcasting and we're putting out some good stuff there so you definitely check that out um, aside from 90 Day, though, I've been all aboard the Traders Express. That's right, talking Traders. We finished UK with Annabelle. It was a good time. And right now, the focal point is Traders US Season 2. 
We have two episodes a week coming out right now with the recap right after the episodes live and also the feedback show with lovely guests. This week we were joined by Wes and Amanda Bergman. It was a lot of fun. Good time was had there, so let me check that out. And then we do get the uh, the occasional exit interview, so you can look out for those as well. Um, and myself and the lovely Chappelle, I was invited over to the recap kickback this past week um, to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We talked about the premiere episode. We ultimately had a lot of fun. And if you ended up listening to that and you enjoyed it and you want us to talk about that some more, definitely let Chappelle know. At him, at Recap Kickback, and check that out all over there. But for now, thank you so much for joining us here on the Hot Mess Express. We have arrived at our destination. Uh, no new episode this week because of the Super Bowl. But we'll be back the following week to talk about some of these weddings. And I believe I already have my guests locked up in Sasha Joseph, the other half of the Mess Magnus, joining me back once again to talk about that. Hope you had fun here with us. Until next time, take care. Have a good one. Bye. How many days are you going to wait before you tired and knocked down? How many days is it going to take to side a war?